Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ and today I'm talking with Leif Harum, uh, a travel writer, blogger and photographer. When Leif was just 16 years old, he ran away from home without a cent to his name and went off exploring in Europe, the Middle East and North Africa. And he was often going hungry for days at a time, sleeping under countless cold downpours, falling victim to drugs and spending weeks in solitude, often not talking or seeing a single soul. And during this time, you know, it was he suffered a great deal. But he also, I believe you said, you know, you also grew through this suffering. And he's now been on the road for 10 years. He's travelled to 74 different countries. And during this time, he's dabbled in Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism. And he has discovered unique places, met eccentric and enlightening people, and undertaken many life-altering uh, altering adventures. Leigh, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Well, thanks for having me. This is, I was saying just before we hit record, like, without a doubt, you know, you, you win the award of by, by far the best backdrop. Like, we haven't, we haven't had anything like this before. Where, where exactly are you right now? You're in Guatemala? In Guatemala, yeah. I'm in the Guatemalan highlands at uh, this lake called Lake Atitlan. Um, we're about a mile high, 5,200 feet above sea level. And we're actually... Inside the lake itself is like the crater of once what once was a huge uh, super, super volcano, and then on top of that, there are three volcanoes surrounding the lake. It's unlike anywhere else I've ever been. Uh, I feel yeah, I, I, half of people will be watching the video, half of people will might just be listening to the audio MP3. So for those people, unfortunately, you're missing out on something pretty special there. But uh, I think you describe travel as. Is a great quote. Travel is like life on a binge of Red Bull and crack cocaine. Is that, would you say that's a pretty fair description? Definitely. Definitely. And I think anyone who's kind of gone backpacking before can, like, you know, really um, um, relate to it, you know? Because when you're traveling, you end, up, you end up meeting so many people so quickly, having so many experiences. And when you look back on it, it almost feels as if you were on drugs or something because there's so many quick, you know, connections. And you, and, you, and you think that you see how everything kind of all intertwined really perfectly and how it was all kind of meant to be. And, yeah, feels like Red Bull crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't suggest anyone does that. But um, you've been on the road for, I think I just, <laughs> no, yeah, little disclaimer. I think you've been on the road for over 10 years, I just mentioned. And um, something I know you hear a lot of is, uh, like, what are you running away from? And you feel, yes, sure, there's a portion of running away. But the main thing that people often overlook is this running towards. Is that, like, what is this running towards? That's, that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like, I think, like, anything in life, it's a balance. So, like, you know, part of me, I am running away, running away from the kind of iron cage that society puts us into um, and uh, running towards, you know, the life that I want to live. And it, the amazing thing right now is the Internet allows us to be so location independent. And so, you know, you really can um, run away and still make money through your computer and, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, in, it's incredible. And uh, I think one of, the, one of the fantastic things about sort of going out your comfort zone and, you know, traveling around the world is that you meet just this <laughs> eccentric, fascinating range of different people. Who, who was this Irish man, Fred, a.k.a. Falcon? Oh. 
he was an interesting guy. He was really cool. Um, he was originally from Belgium, actually. And he moved to Ireland, I think, in his 20s and just fell in love with it. And he stayed there, you know, for 10 years or something. He stayed there so long that he, he forgot how to speak his native tongue, tongue Flemish. And when I met him, we were in this really shoddy hostel in Cairo. It was like a dollar a night. Uh, bed bugs. The work, wake up every morning with thousands of bed bugs. But, yeah, you you pay what you pay, what you get, what my grandmother says. Anyways, this guy was convinced that he was going to open the secret chamber underneath the Sphinx. And so he had me come down with him to the Sphinx every night. We'd sneak into the pyramid complex. we wait outside the Sphinx. And apparently we had to wait for one other girl to come. And together, the three of us, our combined energy, we open the secret chamber, the Hall of Records, which, which contained the, the history of Atlantis or something. He was so into it. And he like, memorized the 72 names of, of God and Aramaic and, and Hebrew and, and Arabic and stuff. And, um, but, you know, I didn't, you know, I took it grain of salt, right? But, but it was just cool to hear his perspective on it. And uh, it was just fun to sneak into the pyramids with him, really. <laughs> Traveling has taught you that as long as you remain positive and trust in the universe, everything will work out in the end. Like, some people might hear that word, trust in the universe, and think, oh, God, shit, what's he talking about? But do you want to maybe just explain that? I know. I, I, really, I couldn't think of a more, uh, less cliche kind of way to put it. But, you know, it's just so true, you know. And it's not like a hippie kind of idea. I mean, it, it is, but it's not at the same time. It's just kind of like when you travel, you see – and like I was talking about earlier, when you look back and you see how everything just worked out perfectly and you go, God, if I, if I hadn't worried so much, you know, there was no need to worry so much because everything kind of feels like it's on this preordained path almost. And I don't want to get into that fate, you know, free will argument, but, <laughs> um, we can, yeah, about, we can check about that for hours. Can we? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, it just, I find that when I plan less and worry less, everything works out, you know? And it goes for just whether you're at home or whether you're traveling. You just realize it more when you're traveling. Another thing is that the poorer the country that you visited, you've often found more welcoming and giving its people were. Like, is that's, I think that's a, well, I think that's just basically just a really interesting um, sort of realization so like the the people who have less and less and less you found in your experience i mean you've traveled to 74 countries so we're talking to somebody who's um yeah like a good uh good source um you found that the less people have often they let you in they they invite you for supper let you stay yeah um i think that uh because you know we we have so much in the west but at the same time we've never experienced what it's like to like you know really go hungry or to to suffer in those kind of very uh primal ways those you know survival kind of ways and so yeah the poor the countries i've gone to like in parts like rural like syria like rural africa ethiopia um southeast asia too you know um you find that you know because they know what it's like to be hungry you know they they just seem more welcoming i don't want to say that you know Britons or americans are less welcoming because we're pretty welcoming people but i think when it comes down to it you know, they give more even though they have less on, on average, maybe. Yeah. If I'd be so bold to say that. Yeah. Have you been like, that's, that's a theme that's come up. We've, we've talked to a couple of um, sort of adventurers and travelers and they are like a theme that's come up again and again and again is this, this sort of optimism about actually the, the goodness of humanity. You know, we, we, we watch the news. We, we it can often paints quite a negative 
pessimistic view of the world but it's a theme that's come up again and again and again like just actually just the kindness of strangers have you found that or have you what's your experience yeah definitely like you know we all have this image you know and we're kind of from childhood they tell us you know careful of strangers this and that but you know i mean to an extent yeah but at the same time you have to um you know the more you trust in people that you don't know you know the more you know what, what the energy you put out is the energy you get get back so if you trust someone you don't know you know they're going to show you that same trust back and you, know, you can keep building on that kind of like a you know like a positive feedback loop you know it's just like building this trust and, and good energy i guess yeah yeah and to search for happiness, I know this is something you've talked about a bit and like you've blogged about and written on your, on your, of your, on your website. Like this sort of search for happiness in the external world is almost sort of a search without end. So, I mean, if you're not happy in Paris, there's a good chance you won't be happy in Sydney, London, wherever you travel. If you're constantly like looking to find happiness in a place, you're looking at in the wrong, the wrong, you know, this is, this is an internal thing. Is that, is that like, a, is that kind of, you, did you always know that? Or was that kind of a discovery that you've realised on this travel and this journey, were you always hoping to find it at the next place, the next place, and then suddenly it wasn't there? Um, yeah. Um, I think I first realized it when I ran away the first time um, from home. And I just, I kept having this great ideal, this really romanticized idea of Slovenia being this beautiful haven where everything was good and I could start a new life and this and that. But um, I mean, I quickly learned, you know, after a month or two that I kept moving from place to place. I went to Slovenia. I wasn't happy. I went to the next country. And yes, in the beginning, I had a few days of this, you know, kind of euphoric culture shock. That, and um, But it always turned out that, you know, because I hadn't resolved my problems at home and stuff, and because I wasn't really content with myself, that I, I, I would never find happiness. And I, and I realized that. And then I eventually went home to kind of make amends and stuff and, uh, before setting out on another trip, that is. Also, another one, I like, I like, I like when you're realizing that, uh, that karma, karma's real, like some, some birds or like basically taught you a lesson, didn't they? Oh, man, yeah. Um, I was on a train from, I think it was Edinburgh down to London. And there's this lady, and she was getting really drunk. She must have been, like, mid-40s or something. And she left her cell phone on, the on like, the tray table, on the seat tray table. And she, like, kept doing it. I was sitting across and kept looking. I was like, God, like, if I had that phone, I could sell it in London. I could, like, eat. You know, I hadn't eaten in, like, a couple of days. And the hunger was just building and building. And I just, you know, she went away. She was so sloshed. And I grabbed the phone and put it, put it in my pocket and stuff. And and she, she came back, and I... I could have sworn she knew it was me who took it, but thank, thankfully she didn't find out. But anyways, got to London, sold the phone, made 70 euro off like a Blackberry back in the day. And, uh, yeah, just bought lots of food with it, ate so much. And, um, but the next day I was sitting under this building, I like some like off street of King's Cross station, you know, and I was reading my map, like trying to figure out where to go next. And I looked up, like, it was like the perfect timing. These two birds just, like not even poop, like diarrhea all over me. And I had this big afro then, like this big curly afro. It's diarrhea all over my hair and my face, and <laughs> and, it, and it was just like right as that happened, and like the text came through, and I like looked at the phone, and it was like you terrible person stealing my phone. I was like oh, <laughs> it was just the timing. I just realized like yeah, karma is definitely real.
and so that that was that was sort of was that the turning point when you realised right I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it the legal way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much actually. Pretty much because a bunch of stuff before that had happened too, and like it's just like I, I just realised like you put out bad energy and then you know you're gonna get the bad en- energy back some way or another, you know. What's this idea of uh, life is relative? Because um, another time, another sort of story with um, sort of the shop owner offering you a Coca Cola. Like, what, what, what did, what do you mean by life is relative? With that example, it was like um, I hadn't eaten in in, eight, in a long time, and then I finally had you know a soda, and the soda just tasted like heavenly. Like I had never you know, tasted something so delicious before, even though I had, but it, so hungry and had been in without it for so long. Um, so yeah, I guess it went to show me that, um, you know, happiness is relative to you and, you know, to, to, to have the good times, to be happy, you know, you have to have the bad times kind of, and, you know, yeah, it's almost like the more bad times you have in life, like if you're, if you're depressed for a long time, well, well, you should look forward because, you know, it's gonna, only way to go is up after that and you're gonna be, yeah, you're gonna be even, you know the same amount of happiness as you were depressed the opposite way. Yeah. So do you find, do you find that knowing that is that what, so it's of the ebbs and flows, it's the waves. So you like, you just got to ride out the waves. So you know that, you know, if you're, if you're, you're going through a downtime, you know that the yin yang kind of vibe, is that, is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, before I kind of realized that I'd often turn into like alcohol or I'd start smoking too much or, doing other kinds of drugs, you know, but after I kind of realized that, I was like, when the downtime hit, I kind of just, you know, just weathered the storm, you know, and just wait, because I knew it was going to get better again, so, and even today, I, I just kind of struggle with that, but I keep having, I keep reminding myself that it's going to get better again, so just wait it out, don't, don't turn to drugs, you know, it's like the worst. You know? Because you share your story, and, you know, you were, you were 16 years when you ran away from home, and through your blog, you know, you, 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 you share your story and your, your the struggles, but also the good things and you know, all the amazing things you've seen. I know that you receive sort of hundreds of emails every week from kids who are contemplating running away. Is that quite a difficult emotional thing to have to deal with, or like h- how do you do you find that rewarding, or h- what's your kind of relation to that? Yeah, it's it's difficult, but it's rewarding at the same time for sure. Like. Um, you know, I get the chance to help a lot of people, a lot of kids who are in my situation, a lot of kids who are in totally different situations. Um, and I think those are the ones who are the most challenging because, you know, I can't, it's harder for me to relate to them. Like there was a, a girl from Namibia who was being like beaten in her home or something. And I mean, how, how I'm not sure what to say, you know, a, but you know, I always, I come up with something and as best I can. And there's no girl in, in uh, Italy who ran away from home. She ended up working as a nanny in someone's house randomly, which worked out. And there's just, there was so many. Um, I, I'd say like 95% don't, don't run away. They don't leave, but the other 5% do. And, and uh, sometimes I'm worried that, you know, the blog kind of encourages them, even though, even though I write a lot about how tough it is. But yeah, it's challenging to, but I think it's helping more than it is hurting for sure. You mm-hmm. know, because before, I guess my kind of resource, there was just a lot of, um, really just articles by big companies like WikiHow and uh, other Wikipedia stuff that was just like how to run away in ten steps and like 
these like drawings of little kids running away from home. And, like, there's, there's no kind of moral implication. There's no kind of the negatives and the positives. Uh, and I, I think, yeah, I think it helps. Yeah. I hope it helps. Yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, you, you're very clear. I mean, it's, it's very clear everywhere that how, you know, I mean, because I think the, the website, like the title, like Runaway Guide, almost seems like it's encouraging it. But you, you are, you're very clear the whole way through how, like, you know, it's it's not encouraging people, you know, to sort of just up and leave their things. It's it's more of a, a travel thing, you know, for people like later on. And you're always you know, encouraging them to like people to work out their problems at home. And, then, you know, and so you're, you're very vocal about that. Um, so, um, no, I think it's I think it's definitely a sort of a positive resource, which is um, which is great. Thanks. Thanks. What does a fulfilled life mean to you? A fulfilled life. Oh, well, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out for sure. Uh, I think, you know, most of us are. But uh, I feel I feel fairly fulfilled when I'm, um, you know, when I'm, doing, when I'm doing the blog, when I'm, like, making a positive impact. When I'm in places like this, you know, beautiful places, um, I guess... Also, the fulfilled life is one where you don't have much regret. The, the less regret, the more fulfillment, perhaps. Perhaps that's correlated in a way. And would you say one thing all our listeners can do today that will have a massive positive effect on their lives? Um, I would say, and this is one of the things my dad taught me, um, is to like stay disciplined. You know, Whatever you do, try and be really disciplined at it. Even if it's something small, something like some kind of routine that you can implement, no, no matter where you go. Um, but yeah, it's one of the most challenging things, but definitely has the, the most positive impacts in my life. Yeah. Well, what's an example of a discipline that you sort of implement every day? Um, well, I try, I try and exercise every day, even if it's just you know stretching. Um, I know a lot of people like yoga. And, I'm not too big into it, but I do my own kind of stretching routine, you know. It, it's kind of come from my swimming as a, in high school and college. I was on the swim team, and that kind of carried on into my life where I keep stretching when I, before I go to sleep, when I wake up. I think that really helps, actually, by, blood flowing. So. so by just having that, that discipline, it was, is it more rather than the actual act that you're doing? Is it more about having sort of that daily structure or something to rely on, which covers that framework every day? Is, it, what, what's, is, is that... Is that the the lesson there that the, the yeah structure. exactly yeah I think so yeah having that structure um it kind of keeps you sane and it and uh yeah and and the stretching too I really recommend it <laughs> it's like it's all the blood flying and you feel just better you sleep better yeah just, highly recommend just stretch everyone just from now on as soon as this interview finishes just put your computer away turn away your iPod and just go and stretch. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Japanese, that's what Japanese do. They know it. They, they know what's up, yeah. You see, don't you, out in the parks, like in, you know, on their lunch breaks, you suddenly see like hundreds of people gathering to do like stretching and stuff. Is, is that why? Right, right, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I love it. And which book would you say has had the biggest positive impact on your life? Um, this is my favorite book, uh, Shogun by James Clavell. It's um, about this English uh, pilot, captain of a ship, and his mother's Dutch, his father's English, and he ends up uh, piloting uh, one of the first ships that reaches Japan. And um, the, the, this guy, he basically shipwrecks there with a bunch of Dutch sailors, and um, he kind of embodies like 
someone who can adapt to anything. Like he, he starts out in a prison in Japan and works his way up to become the Shogun's right, right hand man. Like, and in, in, in a culture and country where like he's got to learn everything from scratch and like that growing up and traveling, like has taught me that, you know, I can adapt to anything too and use that to my own advantage. Um, yeah, Shogun, James Clavell, definitely Excellent. one of the biggest inspirations. And that's going straight on my reading list. And last but not least, how can people stay in touch, find out more about you and your work? Um, yeah, through my blog, runawayguide.com. Um, and then through, you know, doing Snapchat nowadays, getting into that, um, <laughs> Instagram, uh, the Runaway Guide. Um, yeah. Amazing. Leif, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's, I'm very, very jealous looking at your backdrop. I, I want to be there right now. Yeah, come on down. We've got eight apartments. I'll set you up. I'll set you up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to see you soon. I'm, I'm, I'm popping out in a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm, my, next, my next adventure, I'm heading to Sri Lanka, which I, I, on your blog, I saw that you went there, what, 12 months ago or something like that? Um, so, yeah, I'll have to be getting some tips. Yeah, but I'm, I'm heading out there first, but afterwards I'm going to have to come and join you for sure. It looks, it looks unbelievable. Thank you so Amazing. much. Amazing. Sounds good. Let me know. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for giving up your afternoon. Thanks for having me.